0: and welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson. We've got our bowl season superlatives coming up in just a little bit. Just like we did at the end of each month, we are going to give you the player of bowl season. We're going to award the coach, the team, and of course the best game. So best player, best team, best coach, best game. All of those awards for the bowl season coming up in just a little bit. But wanted to hit on a few moving pieces within college football. Uh, None of these stories have any resolution, but they inspired a whole lot of conversation, uh, on the cover three group chat and including the first piece broke as we were, you know, wrapping up our cover three live show, you know, all of the loyal viewers who jump in and hang out with us on Monday afternoons, 3 p.m. Eastern time at youtube.com slash cover three. No, um, our colleague Shahan had mentioned something a few hours before we started. He said, hey, Caleb Williams might be on the move. And if it happens, it's going to happen today, this afternoon. So shout out to Shahan for being on top of that, because as we were uh, you know, hitting publish on the show, getting it out to you, the subscribers, we do start to get that uh, trickle of information and eventually a statement from Caleb Williams that the Oklahoma quarterback has entered the transfer portal. That set off uh, a series of events, which were all very interesting. Caleb Williams has said officially in his statement that he is entering the transfer portal and that he is you know, leaving Oklahoma as a potential uh, place where he might go. We also get a weird official re- statement from athletic director Joe Castiglione at Oklahoma and Brent Venables saying that we encourage Caleb Williams to go out and see what's best for him. We understand the coaching change brings this about, and we hope that he will uh, return to Oklahoma. This is totally the side, not an important part, but I have never seen a a head coach and an athletic director release such a formal statement about a player (laughs) entering the transfer portal, but that is the caliber of player that I think we're talking about in Caleb Williams, someone who enters the 2022 season, no matter where he is, He is considered a top three quarterback in my book. And I think there's no argument that he is going to be a top five quarterback in the sport going into next year. So now we have this massive piece um, that is out there in the transfer portal. Uh, Reaction, uh, other pieces of this, Dylan Gabriel flipped his uh, commitment from UCLA to Oklahoma. So judge from that, how you may. Uh, Thoughts about Caleb Williams being on the move in the quarterback shuffle Who's in the mix? Predictions of how this goes? Uh, sort of whatever's interesting to you at this point.
3: This is just a really interesting story from a lot of angles. Um, from day one, uh, Caleb Williams and his dad, Carl Williams, have had a plan to go 1-1. They want to be the first overall pick in the draft. That's been their messaging. I think that's why they picked Oklahoma, due to Lincoln Riley's uh, you know, history of putting guys into the league at that spot. They didn't pick it for you know, Norman. Right or for anybody else on the coaching staff. I think they picked it for for Lincoln uh, and because of that. So I'm interested to see, does that message still drive where he goes? Obviously, the money you can make if you're the first overall pick is a hell of a lot more than if you're just a back half of the first round type pick. Does he go to USC? We obviously had heard that, and then that kind of got shut down a little bit. We'll see. Does he go to Georgia? We had heard that from Blake Brockermeyer of 24-7, but then Rusty Mansell... Uh, of our, our Georgia site, Dogs247, said that he really hadn't been hearing that. And then yesterday, we actually heard there was some mutual interest uh, from our Brandon Huffman at 24-7 Sports about Caleb and UCLA. So my question is, how do you balance or do you have to balance chasing the bag? Because obviously, now we have full-blown NIL uh, and getting developed for the NFL. Can UCLA drop a big enough bag here once he gets on campus to uh, satisfy both those things? Do you trust Chip Kelly? To develop you, uh, Georgia obviously I think nil game is very uh, strong, but also the quarterback development at Georgia so far under Kirby Smart has been poor yeah. uh, at best I would say. Right, like they misevaluated the Fields Fromm situation, and then it's hard to ding him for J.J. Daniels because he just can't stay healthy. Uh, but like they've not had elite quarterback play as of yet. He's a game changer, man. I think basically every school in the country but two, Bama and Ohio State, should be after him. Well, I guess probably not Texas now they have viewers, but um, that would be a messy situation to to try to take that on. I have no idea where he's going. I'm just very fascinated to see how much of this NIL-driven, how much of this is development-driven, and do they have to balance those factors? Is there a place they can get both? Well, that's the thing. Like you mentioned,
1: they've long been interested in going 1-1. There's much more money available at 1-1. But, you know, maybe you get some more money in college for a couple years and then getting drafted 15th compared to first. The sting hurts a little less because you know you made up for that deficit. I I do think the most likely outcome here is still USC, though. Because, like you said, coming out of high school, the reason he went to Lincoln Riley is because Lincoln Riley sent you know three quarterbacks to the NFL, two of them with the number one pick. He wants to be the number one pick. Lincoln Riley's now at USC. USC has a long history of developing quarterbacks even without Lincoln Riley sending them to the NFL. It just makes too much sense, but the question will be is the, you know, is there a mutual response? Maybe Lincoln Riley doesn't want to start his tenure in Southern California by bringing in a quarterback all the way from the East Coast when USC's biggest problem the last few years has been letting Southern California quarterbacks leave the region. Maybe he feels like it's more important to get one of those guys to kind of set the tone there to keep those guys home. I don't know, but another trend to consider too, like, I mean, we were joking about this in the group chat earlier this week, but we've seen it and we've seen it a lot. Like, when it comes to transfers, there's certain threads. It's like connections with coaches at other schools, who either who recruited you or coached you before, or where does your girlfriend go to school? <laughs> because Adrian Martinez's girlfriend plays soccer at Kansas State. He transfers to Kansas State. Kadon Slovis's girlfriend plays soccer at Pitt. He transfers to Pitt. Caleb Williams' girlfriend, she's at North Carolina. Guess who's losing their quarterback to the NFL?
3: Guess who has an opening? North Carolina. So that, I think, is in play as well. I had a baseball coach give me some good advice one time. I said this in a group chat. Don't bring sand to the beach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, Pete Thamel right. offered... Uh, he Pete Thamel had a phone call with Carl Williams, Caleb Williams' father... The family is on vacation right now. And according to the Thamel report, they are quote, chuckling at all the rumors, which makes me think that Carl Williams has a 24 seven sports VIP subscription, you know, that he's all plugged in and that he and his family are probably loving the fact that we're here USC. No, no, no. Shoot that down. U- UGA. No, no, no. I'm not hearing that. Could be UCLA. Oh, what if it's North Carolina? when, when it said that they're going to take their time with the decision, am I being naive for actually thinking that they might actually take their time with this decision? What? That they might sit, like, what is, what is the urgency to get in for spring practice? I mean, in I would, and by the end of January, right? I mean, but you and I were talking about this yesterday to, in order to get enrolled, for classes. And I guess we could pull up the academic calendar of some of these uh schools, but like the ad drop periods normally like 10 days by the, after the start of the semester. I know USC does start a little bit later, so I guess you could say tick, tick, tick on whenever that is. But they can say they're taking their time with their decision, but there there is some deadlines here if you want to be able to get in for spring at your new location.
3: There there certainly are, and some school keep in mind, by the way. Some schools run on the quarter system, so you could also potentially get in for for a spring game that is played in Q2 uh, if you get in in time for Q2. So it's going to really depend on the school. There are certain schools that I think you're probably going to be, if you decide to go to, you will not be able to participate in in spring ball uh, because you can't enroll for the spring. Uh, So that's going to be important to monitor. Yeah, I don't. I
1: don't think you're being naive in believing that they're serious about taking their time. It's just if you think it's it's like it's why they're going to be taking their time that maybe you're being naive about. I will say, I think Oklahoma oh, now. just to
0: run the price up, basically, yeah. like yeah. like they're taking their time <laughs> yes. in order. to We're make- waiting
1: for the best offer. We're going to yeah. wait as long as we possibly can and see what the best offer and best fit is. That's what I would do. Yeah, for sure, it's what you should be doing. So I don't think it's naive at all.
0: Which is also why anytime that there's rumors, they're being shut down because. They're just still waiting for everybody to get their, you know, get their package together. Get their ducks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this is the Olympics. All right. And all these different countries are putting together their bids right now. They haven't finally <laughs> been submitted. And just like the Olympics, we're expecting it to include just as much above board and balloon board offers as possible.
1: How many stadiums are you going to build for us?
0: For for Caleb Williams, who knows? Um, I guess like one last piece of this. We mentioned uh, the NIL, and we mentioned going one-one. The NFL draft, um, you know, the NFL draft projections. I, I haven't heard yet us mention chance of winning a national championship, because to me, Georgia fits. If Caleb Williams shows up at Georgia, that becomes a team that automatically you start to talk about as a preseason national championship pick. You probably talk about Georgia as a preseason national championship pick no matter what happens with Caleb Williams' decision, just based on the fact of the talent-loaded roster and a a team that is playing for the national championship this coming Monday. Do you think, and it's hard for us to know, I understand it's unfair for me to ask, but do you think that winning a national championship is going to be something that drives the decision making of, of Caleb Williams here?
3: I mean, it, it, his might. dad is quoted as saying, you go to college to prepare yourself for your career. Our chosen I, wanted to, yeah, careers, I,
0: I wanted to make sure that, you yeah. know, we, we
3: address that. Like that's literally the quote, our chosen career is to be the first pick in the NFL draft.
1: Well, I mean, another thing to consider is like it's not necessarily winning a national title, but the schools he's most likely to end up at are going to compete for national titles. Because if you do look in the college football playoff era, so since 2014, there have been what, one, two, three, four, five, six, there have been eight drafts in the NFL. There have been quarterbacks selected with the first pick and six of them. Of those six, the only one who went to a school at the time that was not a school that had been in the college football playoff was Jared Goff. Jameis Winston won a national title at Florida State and was in the playoff at Florida State. Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma in the playoff. Kyler Murray, Oklahoma in the playoff. Joe Burrow won a national title. Trevor Lawrence won a national title and was in the playoff. I It helps. So I definitely think that's going to be a part of the consideration, but the actual, I don't think it's the top consideration, no.
0: I mean, get get mad at me, uh, Bruins, but I, I do think if we're talking, if national championship matters, UCLA is probably out.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Property I would agree. that's
0: yeah, just the other pieces I don't think are, are quite there.
1: Um, although I think Caleb Williams really raises the floor of what UCLA could do. I don't think he's enough hell to make them yes. a, a title contender.
0: No, but anyway, a, a thorn in the side of Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. trying to for USC, a team that I do think with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley can pretty be good. pretty good. A title contender? Are we gonna Pac-12 do a 12 contender yet? for sure? Oh uh, listen, I think that making the Missing the playoff with Lincoln Riley year one. God, this is too early for this. Missing the playoff year one, Lincoln Riley, is a disappointment. And losing the Pac-12 championship, based on the Pac-12 as it is, year one, Lincoln Riley, USC, I think is a big disappointment.
1: I will say that if I'm a USC fan, I would not have playoff in year one as my goal. Winning the division would be my first goal.
3: Winning the South, yeah. Playing competitive football. I mean, they were... They're a little far away still. Very, very weird circumstances this year, obviously. But, I mean, where Tom, where did you have USC in your power ratings? Were they even top 40 at the end of the year?
1: No. God, no. They were probably about 48-ish. I I don't have them in front of me. But they were in that closer to 50
3: than 40. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big jump. Uh, Granted, you have to back out some of this stuff because there was motivation factors and injuries and other stuff. And they they have a decent baseline of talent on that team at some spots. But, hell, if you go to USC, if you're Caleb Williams, don't you have to worry about offensive line a little (laughs) bit? Like Those those players that Lincoln Riley developed uh, with, with, with Baker and, and Kyler and those guys, they had great offensive lines there in mm-hmm. Oklahoma to play behind, and you're not going to have that, I don't believe, at USC. You but don't US, have the
0: human beings, but you do have the coach. He, do, I mean, Lincoln Riley getting beaten ball to go with him, massive in terms of being a, how much – and like Alex Grinch as well. If we're really going to consider him among the best defensive – I mean, the – to have that defensive coordinator and that offensive line coach with Lincoln Riley, I think that we can expect a USC program that is underperformed based on its on paper talent to get a little bit closer to what the on paper talent says.
3: They, yeah. uh, they, uh, oh, I, I will note, um, for early on, it looked like he was going to go. Oklahoma kept beating ball.
0: Ooh, good call. All right. Good correction,
3: Bud Elliott. I, I, I'm not trying to one up you. I was just like, wait a second. No, I, I saw no, no, him no. Retweet- I-, I saw him retweeting Todd Bates the other day. I yeah. was like, wait, it, it, did he flip in like the last 20 minutes? Because if so. Uh
0: no, I, I would rather be very wrong and corrected by the time that we uh close up a conversation than have this be something that we have to address on the on a future episode. Always I would rather just
1: me. have people yelling at chip on Twitter. I know. It's always my preferred method.
0: Always. Okay. Uh one other piece of, of just Interesting conversation comes from our, our good friend, Bruce Feldman. And, uh, he wrote an article on Tuesday that's, you know, headline of the article, could Jim Harbaugh return to the NFL quote, I think it's real. Uh, he goes on to write, the athletic is hearing rumblings both from the NFL side and at Michigan that Harbaugh might be tempted to leave the Wolverines to return to the NFL. Um, He mentions the Las Vegas Raiders as one potential spot. He also mentions the Chicago Bears. So is this just bringing back, now that Harbaugh's stock has risen just high enough, Like, is there a minimum stock price for Jim Harbaugh that automatically triggers NFL interest and NFL rumors? What are we making about uh, another edition of Harbaugh NFL rumor season? So
1: let me get this straight. Jim Harbaugh leaves the NFL for Michigan, wants to rebuild the program that helped made him and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Struggles a bit to do so, although he certainly elevates the floor, gets to a point where everybody's like, "Ah, I'm not sure this is working. We might have to fire him and start over then says, you know what? No, this is too important to me. I will just give up half my salary and go strictly bonus-related. Please keep me. I want to be here. I want to stay. It happens. And then they win the Big Ten and get to the college football playoff. And after doing all that and restructuring his salary to make sure he stayed at Michigan when he could have just left last year and then gone to the NFL, now he's interested in going to the NFL. Okay,
3: sure. I have a, a, a little bit of an alternate theory, although I think Tom's is the most likely theory. So just to keep the show interesting, I, I want to propose <laughs> some some alternate theories. Michigan just got whipped by Georgia. Now, I think we would both agree that there are different kind of game scripts for that game where they probably don't get whipped, and that thing snowballed on them, and we discussed that uh, on the, the show after, after the two playoff games. But obviously, if you're Michigan, uh, you just played that game and you, and you realize there are some guys that you're not currently signing, that maybe you'd like to sign, maybe Harbaugh uh, wants to keep his status out there is very attractive for the NFL in order to get Michigan to start playing the serious recruiting game with NIL. My thought is like what schools could be better than Michigan at NIL, given their alumni base and how many people they have own really successful corporations? I mega mean, I Stanford or Harvard or Yale probably could out you know could 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 drop the bags better than, than they could. but uh, maybe there's some of that, like hey guys. I want to be serious about this. Also, we'll note um, Michigan lost uh, defensive ends coach um, to USC today. Sean Nua is, is going to take the same job at, uh, at Southern Cal. He'd been over three years. Obviously, Michigan just had a tremendous uh, run of uh, you know, of defensive end development with Hutchinson and, and Ajabo. So I don't know if that's somebody that they, uh, uh, that they wanted to be gone or not. I, I think they have an internal promotion there that is going to be fine. But I wonder if this isn't just a move. Hey, guys, I'm pretty valuable, right? And I did you a solid this last year, and I donated all that bonus money to uh, to charity and or to people in the athletic department who are not as fortunate as me as far as how much money they make. And, um, you know, I, Harbaugh's kind of a weird dude. I think he's doing he things a good dude, but there are ways to pressure your employer to get the things you want as opposed to just money. Like he may want things that are not just salary, or he may just want to get back to the NFL after getting his, getting his butt beat by Georgia and saying, "Damn, that's the best team i have ever had here, by a lot." and I was not competitive in that in that playoff game.
0: Yeah, he had the quote uh, after the game that this is the beginning of the the next Michigan era that he feels like, you know, this was a true breakthrough and um I don't know if if he believes that, then I would say that this is an effort to like you mentioned, but not maybe not get salary, but at least get some kind of investment of resources, time, money, donors, boosters, whatever it may be, um if he does not look at this as truly the beginning. Then maybe he says, "Look, I beat Ohio State. I won a Big Ten championship. Like those are things that I could say I've done my part, right? You know, you could look at this as a, a good time to be able to to split and say I've I have given to my alma mater the things that I was brought here to do to beat Ohio State and to bring a Big Ten championship back to Ann Arbor. He he might feel comfortable closing the book there. I just." I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on between uh, between his ears. He,
3: he also just may not be okay playing the game where recruiting is going right. Dang. Like if you remember, remember the uh, did he did he out like did he outright accuse Kirby Smart of cheating? You remember this when back when, like when he was doing the satellite camp stuff. Probably. And, uh, <laughs> like he, he, I know he called out Kirby Smart a a, a long time ago, uh, 2016. I, I it wasn't. Uh, where was this at?
1: I mean, I I, 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 I can't. I know I was pretty emphatic. I can't rule out the idea that he might leave for the NFL. Like so. he,
3: maybe he just doesn't like doesn't like playing this game. You know what yeah, I mean? he's very but, much like a collegiate type feel. Of, you know, rah, rah rah, school first, not me first type thing. And
1: but at the same time, this has happened every January around the last weeks of the NFL season. Every single year, Harbaugh's been at Michigan. These rumors have been out there, except for one year last year and the only reason it didn't happen last year is because it was Harbaugh might be fired so it's just it's one of those things where it's like okay it can happen but until it does happen I'm not really going to pay much attention at all to any of it
0: who's more likely to be in the NFL at the start of the 2022 season Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day neither I said more
3: (laughs) more likely Okay, well, do we think they're both equally attractive to the NFL? Because, like, on the one side, we're gauging how much they want to go, but on the other side, like, which coach do you think is more? I think Jim Harbaugh is. Jim Harbaugh's been to a Super Bowl.
0: Agree. I I think Jim Harbaugh is more attractive.
3: There are some there are some programs out there like the Raiders or like the Jaguars who might just want some competency. I mean, the Raiders hiring a coach whose name everybody knows—I
1: can't imagine that happening.
0: Dabo Dabo Sweeney to the Raiders.
1: Wait. Hey, I mean, Mike Mayock can just cut out the middleman. I
0: mean, you saw saw Todd Bates go to Oklahoma. This this Clemson staff is just falling apart. It's clearly signaling.
1: (laughs) If ever I thought of an NFL job that just makes me scream, Dabo Sweeney, it's it's Las Las Vegas. Vegas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We laugh, but I'm. I don't know. I I am laughing. They
1: were just holding court at a roulette table or a craps table. I could see that happening, but
0: (laughs) he's he's he and Prince Chedward are actually going to be sitting at the same poker table. I saw them exchanging eyes and information at the end of that cheese at bowl. (laughs) Speaking of the cheese at bowl, will it earn a nomination or get any attention for the best game of bowl season? The best bowl of bowl season? Who's going to end up taking the crown for the player of the postseason? What about the best coach? And what about the best team of the 2021-2022 postseason? We've got our bowl season superlatives next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: Welcome back. It's time for another edition of the Cover Three Superlatives. We have been here gathered in, in this fine, uh, wonderful digital ballroom as we gave out monthly awards for September and October and November. And now we gather at the conclusion of the bowl season to give out our cover three bowl superlatives. As usual, we all have a couple nominations. We will share our nominations and then we will decide as a voting committee on who will receive the prestigious award for the uh bowl season superlatives so uh, i'd like to begin with uh the, i'd like to begin with the game the best bowl of bowl season tom fernelli has just tr- turned in a 39 minute read checking in at 6800 words on cbsports.com Mm-hmm. By the time you uh, get this podcast, it probably won't be posted yet. They'll still be editing it, <laughs> but uh, it will be up on CBSports.com likely on Wednesday afternoon. So I'm sure that you've already got very specific opinions about this. I wanted to start then with Bud Elliott uh, for your nominations for the best game, best bowl of bowl season. I
3: mean, if I'm going to go first, I'm, I'm not going to whiff on this. G- give me the Rose Bowl. It, yeah. it was it was wild. It, it was as a recruiting guy and a talent guy, I wanted to see some of these younger talents that we've been talking about uh, all year. And it turns out we weren't telling lies about those guys, like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ibuka. And we got to see more of Smith and Jigba. And for Utah, literally them starting a running back at corner, who also you know is playing really well at running back for them in the ball game. Super exciting. Obviously, not a lot of defense, but that was bowls supposed to be fun and entertaining. I thought that was really really a great game to watch.
0: Rose bowl is also number one on mine. I'll add to the list of nominations, the Fiesta bowl, a couple games in one, absolutely crazy to see Notre Dame get out to that hot start. And then um, the, the huge comeback from Oklahoma state, which, you know, headlines as i've mentioned on monday's show number one that spencer sanders someone that we have dogged and bet against and continually criticized he turned in one of the best performances of his college career and considering the stage and the opponent i will argue it was the best performance of his college career so um, you know it was very exciting i'm also going to throw music city bowl out there um tennessee and purdue just kind of was a game for me that i had to continually to keep checking in on before it it grabbed me i had other work responsibilities there were a lot of games going on and then all of a sudden you just realize like this this game the one that i thought that tennessee was just going to run up and down this purdue team because narratives mean a lot to me in terms of what i think are the best games no david bell no george carloftis like that's okay this purdue team was ready to play so i wanted to add the fiesta bowl and the music city bowl uh to our list of nominations
1: Excellent nominations. Neither of you nominated the best bowl game of the bowl season. The best bowl game of the bowl season was the second one that was played way back on that very first Friday. And the reason you didn't nominate is probably because neither of you watched it. Most people didn't. But the Cure Bowl, Coastal Carolina, 47, Northern Illinois, 41. It was, I mean, not only was it 88 points scored in the game, but the first 12 possessions of the game resulted not not including the end of the first half, resulted in nine touchdowns and three field goals. The largest lead at any point in the game was Northern Illinois going ahead 24 to 16 late in the first half. But that lead only lasted for a minute because Coastal responded, kicked a field goal before halftime to cut it down to 24-19. There were seven lead changes in the game. Uh, it was just a complete back-and-forth affair, and it came down to the very last play when Northern Illinois had the ball at the Coastal Carolina eight-yard line, a fourth-and-one, two seconds left. Rocky Lombardi's pass to Miles Joyner is complete, but he has stopped short of the end zone and the Chanticleers hold on to win. It was easily the best game of the bowl season because it never stopped and nobody ever trailed.
0: So like MAC Commissioner, um... John Steinbrecker might like Mac yes like Mac commissioner John Steinbrecker I think that this one might need to get dinged because it is quote unacceptable Northern Illinois got screwed at the end of that. They just started the clock before it was even time to go. The official signaled for the clock to stop, but then motioned for his arm to run the clock. It started before the officials allowed the Huskies to even snap the ball. The clock had run out. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) The Huskies got screwed. Me and John have been texting about this all bowl season, ever since that first Friday. Unacceptable.
1: The clock ran
0: out. All of our Northern Illinois fans are furious. Okay, well, we've got to make a decision then, because my question then for you, Tom, because I have Rose Bowl as my number one. Also, do you believe in the Cure Bowl enough to fight for it in this? It's number one in my Rose
1: rankings. Rose Bowl is number three. What's your number two? Music City.
0: Oh, but you want to just outvote him on this one?
3: <laughs> yeah, I. I Look, the, the sunset does it for me. So definitely the sunset. Give me the Rose Bowl. The <laughs> Rose Bowl is my favorite game, so I'm
1: not exactly upset, but it's just there's a lot of recency bias going on right now.
3: Yes, I did not, not watch I did not watch the cure bowl. Yeah. Well, uh, for, I have other awards coming from Purdue, Tennessee. You so should, you should look it up on YouTube and watch it.
0: And while you're on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash cover three, subscribe to the channel, and smash that bell for notifications. Uh, Recency biased and bowl corruption abound. Our award for the cover three bowl of bowl season is the Rose Bowl. All right. Let's turn our attention then to the – you want to do – let's do team best team of the bowl season because player player seems easy um all right my nomination for team utah why because that team had answers every single time and i know that it's in a losing effort to this ohio state team which does have much more talent but like you even We're down to your backup quarterback and you continue to have answers. As Bud mentioned, you were having a running back playing cornerback against one of the best passing attacks in the country. It was a game. And I said this immediately after. I realized that in my own college football memory bank, I don't remember who won USC Penn State. I just remember that it was amazing and one of my favorite games that season.
1: USC won.
0: USC won. (laughs) I believe that five years down the line in 2026 – I'm going to have to look up Ohio State actually winning that Rose Bowl because I'm just going to remember, oh, yeah, the Ohio State-Utah Rose Bowl. That was awesome. And so Utah had to have an exceptional performance and be exceptionally competitive against this Ohio State team that was smashing records left and right uh, in order to continue to hang in the contest. So I I wanted to give Utah some, some flowers, no pun intended.
1: That's fine. Uh, my There's a common theme. with I, I I nominated a lot of teams, so I'll just get them out. Uh, Virginia Tech, LSU, Nevada, Oklahoma.
0: Whoa, Oregon, are you nominating the all the teams that quit?
1: No, I'm nominating the teams that didn't quit. Oh. These are all teams that easily could have backed out of the bowl game and didn't. They played risking embarrassment. Some of them got embarrassed. Some of them didn't. Some of them held themselves well, but they all lost except for Oklahoma, but that's only because it played Oregon. But – my number one nominee for team of the bowl season are the central Michigan Chippewas who were supposed to play in the Arizona bowl. Mm. Boise, unlike the other teams I nominated had to back out of their bowl game because of COVID transfer injuries and central Michigan, then wanting to play made the quick move to go from Arizona to El Paso for the sun bowl, where they got a much larger bowl payout to play in the game And then won the game, beating Washington State, picking up a win over a Power 5 opponent on short notice while getting paid. Central Michigan is the team of bowl season.
0: I love that nomination. Okay, so the other two that were on my list, um, Purdue, you know, you're down, you're superstars, and you show up, and and very quickly we realized the contest is different. And the game was not awesome, but what... Georgia's offensive line did to Aiden Hutchinson and that Georgia offense in general, one of my best teams of the bowl season was Georgia. I mean, they took a game that so many of us thought was going to be the competitiveness that we had hoped for. And all afternoon, once the Alabama game plays out, like we expected, where it's not a blowout, it's not offensive fireworks, they just got them in the boa constrictor. Then Georgia was like, this isn't even going to be the boa constrictor. We are just going to come out here and kick your ass in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So for um, the way that they totally shut down Michigan's offense, the way that they whooped on a very, very good Michigan defensive front at the point of attack in a physic with a physicality and a violence that really reflects that old Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. You eliminate their will to compete. Loved it. Fantastic performance. So uh, I, I wanted to add Georgia um, to the list of nominees for the best team of bowl season.
3: Bud, your team is? My team is South Carolina, actually. I, I hate to do it, Chip, but you know, they, they, they were shorthanded and they well, okay, fair. Chip's Chip's still been crying it's, about. It. He's 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 pretending.
1: Chip has been crying for a week straight over losing the Mayo Bowl. He's not going to stop for months. I mean, they
3: they came out. They wanted to play. They were super physical. They they had a game plan that reminded me a little bit of what Baylor ran against us UNC five or six years ago. In, in I think in that same game actually in in Charlotte, uh, if if I recall where it was. Um, I was gonna to go to Carrion Joyner for my player of, of the bowl season, but I've got a, a better nomination, I think, for that. So um yeah, I'm gonna go South Carolina, man. Like they they played really hard, even shorthanded. They had a good game plan and they, they got a win over a team that I think was a better team, but not on that day.
0: I like our uh nominations. Um I will move my uh my support probably behind central Michigan.
1: Damn straight.
0: I I think South Carolina's a good one, and that's not a bias here, but Tom made a great point that they they drove they, they went to their bowl game, lost an opponent, drove four hours, and kicked ass against a power five team. Just looked like the team that wanted to be there. And when Washington State came out and like started to have a little bit of a response, Central Michigan had answers every single time.
1: And they got paid about ten times as much money. I'm gonna vote for Central Michigan as well then. Yeah. Let let's let's do it. Yeah, that that's that's a good pick. That's how you win bowl season, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Fire up, chips! Congratulations to Jim McElwain and the Central Michigan Chippewas. Uh, your heroic efforts on behalf of the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl and keeping that game the third, tied for the third oldest bowl game in uh, the history of the postseason. Think rose sugar or one and two. Then sun And orange, I think, are tied, mm-hmm. uh, both started a long, long time ago, so awesome.
1: Although, awesome. to be fair, the sun was around before roses, sugar, or oranges, so just saying, not the game, I mean, the actual the sun. sun, yeah, the yeah. star
0: in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Uh, all right, let let's go to you mentioned to carry on Joyner for player, uh, Bud. Why don't you get us started for nominees for the player of bowl season?
3: Sure, uh. Well, if I'm going to lead off again, I'm just going to take the obvious one. This guy set a bowl record for receiving yards in a game. He was targeted 16 times. He caught 15 of those passes. I actually think you can criticize Ohio State for not throwing him the ball more. Uh, Literally, like every time they threw it to him, great things happened. He scored three or four touchdowns. He hit 347 347 yards receiving in the game. Uh, He showed speed. He showed route running ability. He showed ability to play the ball in the air on both throws good and bad and, and throws that were great that also required him to make great catches on because they were very tight windows and Jackson Smith and Jigba is is my pick uh, for the player of the bowl season
1: yeah he's number one on my list too but I do have other nominations there was the guy oh, can we nominate more than
3: one
0: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah yeah, i, I just oh. like we, we got especially for something like this where there's an like, there is an alpha and a beta but like we got a big drop before we get to gamma you know so you, we can argue a one and two here but i i, I want to make sure we give everyone the love uh that is deserved here
3: okay um nicobe dean for you know like c- calling out that orbit motion and getting the yeah. sack there and just being all over the field uh it was a nice matchup for Georgia with Michigan's offense, but still, like the guy did his homework and he combined knowledge of the game and smarts and intelligence with being freakishly athletic, and that was really fun to watch. And Michigan just had no answers for him. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry if I stole your guy. No, he was on
1: the list, but that's fine. No, um, number one for me, same Jackson Smith and Jigba, but other nominees: the guy who threw him the ball, CJ Stroud, 573 yards, six touchdowns; uh, Jack Cohen, 509 yards and five touchdowns in a losing effort. Georgia State quarterback Darren Granger, nobody watched it because it was on Christmas Day, but in the, in the Camellia Bowl win, he had 203 yards passing and three touchdowns to go with 122 yards rushing and a touchdown. Western Kentucky's Bailey Zappi, quarter yeah. 22 yards, six touchdowns, set the single season record for passing yards and touchdowns. And I cannot overlook the most popular AOC in the state of Indiana, Aiden O'Connell, 534 yards passing and five touchdowns.
0: He is without a doubt the most popular AOC. In the Pretty state sure he's
1: the only popular AOC in the state of <laughs> Indiana, yeah. Uh,
0: I had C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Bailey Zappi were, were my top three right there. Bailey Zappi, uh, with the, the big performance, the records have to factor in there, but we've also got records for um, C.J. Stroud and Smith and Jigba. So oh, Can I add one more? Yeah, of course. No. Wandale. Yeah. Oh, uh, Wandale
3: Robinson. I mean... We, we- Kentucky had the car crash. You got a bunch of receivers not playing. Will Levis is the quarterback. Uh, so on passes targeting Wandale Robinson, Will Levis had a 77% success rate. On passes targeting everybody – well, on his on everything, he had a 47% success rate. So I'm trying to do the math here in my head. If you were 77% successful on the 13 throws to Wandale, and you're 47% successful overall – about what, what was your success rate there on the 15 <laughs> passes that did not target Wandale Robinson? About 7%. <laughs> yeah. So that's a pretty good argument for, for Wandale as, as well.
0: Undoubted MVP for Kentucky in that Citrus Bowl win. They do not win that game without Wandale Robinson.
1: Nope. He had to leave Nebraska to beat Iowa. <laughs>
0: Did somebody else make that joke?
3: Thomas, Thomas just
0: That's a good one. Love it. <laughs> we needed that. We needed that four days ago. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Um, all right, so what do we do?
1: Oh, I, I I think it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. I just that was just ridiculous.
0: I mean how long have you been playing balls?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and you knew every single damn snap where the ball was going, and it didn't really matter.
0: I'm cool with it. Congratulations. Um. The Cover Three Podcast Player of the Bowl Season: Jackson Smith, Njigba, wide receiver from Ohio State, and uh Bolitnikov Award favorite. Maybe a Heisman dark horse too. Maybe if we get get a little get a little Devonta influenced love, um, might, might be something to keep an eye on. Though you know, CJ Stroud also is there. Fantastic uh, work by him and the rest of the Buckeyes offense again. Opt-outs. Uh, they didn't. Tom pointed out so many times in bowl season daily, in the bowl season locks, in our conversations on CBS Sports HQ, that Garrett Wilson and Chris alave are opting out. Yes, but if we just look at the statistics and the production on the field this year, Smith and Jigba, even prior to this historic performance, he was the team's leading receiver. The team's <laughs> leading receiver. So uh, the, the that passing offense was just fine. Uh, all right, coach of the bowl season. Uh, as as we wrap this thing up, I've we got a, I've got we've got a lot. Um, I think that to be able to spotlight. Tom, why don't you take a lead off here?
1: All right, uh, I have one guy who I think is the most deserving, but I'll start with my other nominees first. Uh, Jeff Munkin, Army beat an SEC team in a bowl game. It's, it's probably you know that doesn't happen very often. You see service academies beating SEC teams, so that's a huge win for Army. Uh, Gus Melzahn got a bunch of recruiting material because all he has to tell players is that he beat Florida. He doesn't really have to tell them all the circumstances of it. it just matters. We played Florida in a bowl game and we beat them. Uh, Dana Holgerson beating Auburn in the bowl game. And then just kind of the social media fun with that trophy of the assless chaps wearing lumberjack or whatever they give away for that bowl game.
0: In the uh, Birmingham bowl, we've got yeah. an assless chaps lumberjack. Yeah.
1: Like I'm not sure what the deal is, but I mean, cool. Um, Shane Beamer. Kind of for the same reasons you mentioned earlier, but just you know, beating North Carolina in the game and then taking the mayonnaise bath. Although the tweet afterward was kind of crappy. And then Mike Gundy for not only coming back to beat Notre Dame, but saying that saying that it was the most the biggest game in Oklahoma State program history, which is crazy because again, meaningless bowl games, folks. But my number one nominee is Sonny Cumbie, who
0: as the as
1: head coach the, of Louisiana, the, Louisiana Tech stayed at Texas Tech to be the interim coach and then beat the living hell out of Mississippi State and Mike Leach, even though the entire narrative surrounding that game leading up to it was, ooh, Mike Leach, revenge game. Mike Leach is going to get his revenge. Sonny Cumbie kind of put an end to that pretty quickly. So my top nominee Sonny Cumbie.
3: Interesting. I'm going to go with the guy who reached into my pocket and took the most money away from me this bowl season. (laughs) Tennessee plus three, Tennessee plus two and a half. Jeff Brom. Purdue does not have David Bell. Purdue does not have George Karloftis. And Jeff Brom got his team fired up and ready to play. They also don't have their left tackle, right? And Mm -hmm. they went in there and they beat an SEC team because he badly outcoached Tennessee's defense. I mean, not that Tennessee's defense was great, but Purdue literally did whatever the hell they wanted that entire game. I mean, O'Connell played – Pretty well, but he also threw some like WTF interceptions. I think one of them was not that bad, but the other two were like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have scored 70 if they wanted to, probably Like if, if he had not thrown those picks in the end zone. For me, it's it's Jeff Brom. I mean, 10, 10.9 yards per dropback he engineered against that defense and found a way to get the dub even as Tennessee went off as an eight-point favorite in that game. So my, my vote is Jeff Brom.
0: My list, I'm voting with my wallet. My, my list includes uh, some of that, but uh, so I've, I've got Mike Gundy at, at number one, and that's you know a lot of the the comeback. And I do think I can't remember if I mentioned this on Monday, but there might have been something in the way that game played out that was a little bit of an experience advantage for Mike Gundy and that Oklahoma State staff against a first-time head coach in Marcus Freeman and uh, in Notre Dame, where. Mike Gundy probably was able to keep his cool a little bit big. I don't know, man, I've, I've been in bowl games like this before. I mean, there's a reason why the man is 11 and five in bowl games. Um, so for him to live up to that, I, I thought was very impressive. I had Shane Beamer as my number two of, you know, got South Carolina fired up, ready to go. Uh, Dana Holgerson ducking all of the expectations like where Mike Gundy lived up to them. Dana Holgerson comes in with a two and seven record overall one and eight against the spread in bowl games uh, is able to get the victory. And like you mentioned, Tom have some little fun with it. I've got Gus Malzahn also uh, for the way that that UCF team finished. I mean, they, they just finished a lot stronger than Florida did. And then, but I also have Jeff Brom. So I've introduced no, that's my list. I've introduced no new names, now we just have to choose one from what I think is a very good collection of uh, of candidates.
1: I'm good with Brom because I feel like I, I omitted him from my list and I probably should have had him on it. Jeff Brom? Yeah.
0: We want to do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Cover three podcast coach of the bowl season. Congratulations. Boiler up. <laughs> Purdue head coach Jeff Brom. So, to review our Cover 3 podcast game of the postseason, the best bowl of bowl season, it's the Rose Bowl, Ohio State's win against Utah. And from that game, we find the Cover 3 podcast best player of the bowl season, Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith Njigba. For the team of bowl season, well, we go to Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl where Central Michigan came out hot off the bus They didn't head into Juarez and spend too much time there. They said, no, we only got time for winning. They laid it on Washington State early and held on for the win. Central Michigan, you are our team of the bowl season and the coach of the bowl season in the Cover 3 podcast, Bowl Season Superlatives, Purdue head coach Jeff Brom for the thrilling win in the Music City Bowl against Tennessee. Congratulations to everybody uh, involved. And all the nominees, uh, don't forget to get your goodie bags on the way out. They have Sportsline promo codes and Cover 3 Podcast swag in them. So good luck with that. Coming up next on the Cover 3 podcast, we are going to have our national championship game preview, our title game locks. And so we're going to be doing it in our normal Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time slot. You can come and join in on the preview live at youtube.com slash Cover 3. Subscribe to the channel, smash the bell for notifications, and then you don't even have to worry about keeping up with all the when are we going live, when are we not going live, because... We will let you know if you have those notifications turned on. Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, YouTube.com slash Cover 3. Our national title game locks. Alabama-Georgia, the remix, our official remix, the rematch, our official predictions for that. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Tom has more superlatives. I, I totally do i'm i i should it's not okay
1: have i'm just i'm forgotten nobody cares about my awards
0: actually no i i, I think that i i think that your superlatives are, are very very important
1: <laughs> okay i'll go through them quickly here
0: you, have to, uh, you can take time i mean i'm good like i can I'm...
1: first one goes to the tweeter of the bull season slash savior of the bull season our very own danny cannell who <laughs> during the pinstripe bull had the courage. To put out there that there were too many bowl games and take all that heat and danny he took all your slings he took all your arrows and the only thing that happened is the bowl games got a whole hell of a lot better afterwards like the rose bowl does that happen without danny's tweet that's a really i don't know good question yeah that's i think something people should maybe consider and apologize to him for uh my other one is the mascot of the season i didn't know his name chip thankfully you shared it earlier prince chedward The it Bowl mascot, just an absolute king. Uh, My striking while the iron is hot award goes to Wyoming quarterback Levi Williams, who in the potato bowl balled out against Kent State, threw for 127 yards and a touchdown, but more than anything, had 200 yards rushing and four rushing touchdowns, including a few long runs. And then immediately after the game enters the transfer portal saying, whoo, a lot of people saw that. I'm going to be a hot commodity, gets in the portal. And now I was sitting there thinking, oh, wow, Wyoming's going to be interesting in the Mountain West next year with Levi Williams coming back the way he played today. That's that's promising. Well, he'll still be in the Mountain West, but he'll be playing for the reigning Mountain West champion, Utah State Aggies. So Blake Anderson's strong year continues, landing Levi Williams. Uh, sideline reporter of the season. Sorry, Jordan, I didn't give you this one earlier. Laura Rutledge for the LA Bowl. Just she was the MVP of that game. She held Joe Camel's hair back as he puked over the pier into the ocean because that's what good friends do. And then during the game on the sideline, she tried the special Jimmy Kimmel sandwich, got like beef gravy all over her white jacket lapel, and then just played through it, played through the stain. Just an absolute champion. So Great performance from Laura Rutledge. Debate of the season, the uh, playoff game sucking and leading to everybody doing the expansion retraction debates on Twitter, which I 1 million percent played a part in because it seemed like a good time to do it because I was bored.
0: (laughs) can't help ourselves. That's (laughs) the thing, man. We have like the most exciting sport all through the regular season. The twists and turns are incredible. And the second that we get slightly bored in the postseason and it's holiday time, we got to just be all... I
1: mean, it's like, come on. And then best side effect of the season, bud. Shout out to you for this one. Like we can complain about the opt outs and who wants it more and whether the kids these days love football and the portals destroying the sport. All I know is that alt line season was very, very good. To me, so much like Bud voted for Jeff Brown because of what he did to his pocket, I am voting for alt line season for what it did to mine. It is filled
0: it with cash, yeah. Just target the quit and then jump on the alt line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bud, you've really opened our eyes to a lot this season. I, I'm gonna I'm really appreciate the, the Bud Elliott of the postseason. Is Bud Elliott
3: <laughs> alt line, alt lines during bowls are great uh, because they're. Based like their derivative lines based on what the regular line is, but if mm-hmm. we think the variance is going to be much larger than the prices for the alt, oh, I guess I'll be quiet. My one New Year's resolution <laughs> I propose for these sports books is to put these alt lines up earlier. Yes, you know DraftKings, Caesars, FanDuel, everybody. I need you popping these alt lines out as soon as you put the regular lines out because I'm just going to go right past that that counter and go directly to the alt line. Like imagine if I could have taken Houston, you know, minus two and a half early, mm-hmm. right? Or Tennessee laying a touchdown early. I was still at a loss, but. Uh, yeah
0: love it love for the alt lines here on our cover 3 podcast post season awards you can follow him on twitter at Tom Fernelli you can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson gentlemen thank you very much open
1: the roof Lucas Oil Stadium make them cowards play in the cold